0: Hey, good morning. How are Hello. you? Hey, how are you? Good. I, I was having real trouble getting in there. I I couldn't dial in and then it wouldn't recognize me, and I had to do all kinds of weird stuff to get in. Oh, wow.
1: And a mustache on and it. all that good stuff. We did. We made yeah, it. That's, I'll, uh, I'll, that's all, the, all the counts. How was your Labor Day weekend?
0: Relaxing, I think. Um, it was it was kind of nice here. We were waiting for rain, which we finally got today, and we we had some rain yesterday, but just very little. Um, and it's a real relief to have it. So, so it made for the nice weekend.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah, some days it's just nice to have a rainy day, and you don't have to say, well, I'm going to go outside and work on the uh, on desquirling the uh, the uh, patio furniture or whatever. That's uh, so that's uh, sometimes a good thing. You did, you did that. Did you do that? You got it all set and put the sign up to tell the squirrels, no squirrels allowed. They can read. You
0: realize well, what I what I didn't find was fox and I haven't found that yet, but we are going to look for it.
1: It's it'll work. Uh, so anyway, all sorts of useless information that occasionally is useful. That's that came actually that came from um, I did a program in Central Pennsylvania out and wasn't the end of the world but you could see that see it from there and uh the uh and they they're having their christmas auction and the and the grand prize was was a bottle of fox urine and the person that won it you think they just won the million dollar jackpot i mean it was just incredible they're walking away smiling holding it up in the air and everybody disappointed it didn't win i mean it's it's apparently is a, is a fairly common thing so it's not something that i you know as a as a suburbanite, that I would have uh, thought would have been uh, high on my list of, of, of things to win at the Christmas uh, drawing. So, anyway.
0: If I can't find it, if, if I can't find it at Tractor Supply, if I have a good friend named Fox, could I just get them to send me some urine?
1: Sure. Yeah. Just, you know, buy him a six pack of beer and you're probably having unlimited supplies. So. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's very good. I like that. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a pretty quiet weekend. It was a, a lot of boating activity going on out uh, out front, uh, and uh, you know managed to get into the pool a little bit myself, which was nice. And uh, and especially now that we have the island back uh, uh, from the tourists, it has been re- regained, which was, was a nice thing to to have. So anyway, it's a. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, starting to feel a little bit like a hint of fall.
0: Oh, that's nice. Did, did you yeah. have any of the um, uh, any of the rain at all that that hit the east coast uh, further south from you?
1: Yeah, we did get some uh, some bands that came through yesterday, and and it would be I mean, it was just amazing. You'd be sitting here and, and there was nothing, and all of a sudden. Boom, it's just pouring down and then it would stop for twenty seconds and all of a sudden it would pour down again. I mean it's really interesting uh weather patterns here in terms of uh, the rain. I'm not used to the the, the tropical deluge, but uh yeah, you know, we needed it too. I mean we really did. We didn't need it in the beginning. We had a very wet spring and the, the mosquitoes were in uh were plentiful, shall we say. So we uh but they've backed off a little bit.
0: I'm I'm guessing that the rain we get here, the, the weather seems to be coming from the southeast, so I'm guessing that as as uh, patterns come up from the Gulf, they, they start heading east for everyone else and so they go over us and that's why we have that easterly wind, which is surprising to me. I thought everything came out of the west, but it doesn't seem to here.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, what kind of, I mean, you would get a high pressure area. I can see that coming your way because uh, it's a clockwise circulation, but, um, you know, low pressure is counterclockwise and it's pretty hard to get a counterclockwise circulation coming up unless it, unless, you know, it's, it's passing well to the east of you and then you might, you might get that, but, uh, no, that's interesting. Yeah, because I normally think of, of, you know, the, the weather is moving from from west to east, uh, but uh, not up the in our area. Of course, it moves up the coast and wherever it darn well pleases, so we'll have to wait and see. We've got uh, Florence out there hanging around in the uh, in the uh, uh, middle of the Atlantic, uh, hoping it doesn't make up into a storm. We don't want a three-peat this year. This is just about the uh, anniversary of Irma, which was last year, and another month will be the anniversary of, uh, of Matthew, which was the one that did most damage here in terms of uh of wind damage I and mean, it was mostly tornadic type of stuff but uh, anyway well uh which you know like mark twain said you know, about the weather everybody talks about it but nobody does anything about it
0: did i uh, did i mention last week how excited i was because we had spent uh sunday at the salvation Army? yeah
1: um you had not met you said you were going to be interviewing is that the where you were interviewing
0: no that that we just went there for church sunday uh, oh no i guess i didn't talk about Oh, okay i didn't talk about we went i wasn't expecting much and it was one of the best things we we had done it was just wonderful we were both very impressed so wow we went back this week, and it was everything I was expecting last week. It was just horrible, <laughs> yeah, plus, plus uh, they they grape juice, right
1: the communion, so
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, it was just oh jeez, it was oh, yeah, that was funny no i was there a different I, uh, I did,
1: uh, did, different I, person in charge of it, or how how did why did they
0: why did they turn yeah, uh, yeah the exactly guy. Way? Yeah, the guy was out on some sort of mission someplace doing some. In fact, he was out of the country. He was, uh, um, I can't recall where he was, but he was out of the country. And uh, so it was the second banana that was taking over the services, and he was just awful. Oh, gosh. Uh.
1: <laughs> So this this newsroom, that's the Dennis the Menace cartoon. Remember the one we used to used to show about the the Fox temperament, you know, <laughs> we give him his money now, he'll let us go home
0: early. <laughs> oh, I just saw we we we're recording now. I didn't know that. It's uh, it well, started recording. Well you good. Know. Good
1: thing we've we've uh,
0: skipped the profanities and other types of things. So Yeah, but I've just insulted Salvation Army, which I didn't mean. <laughs> well,
1: just just that just that the second banana. So that's where that makes the first banana look all the all the better.
0: I did, I did manage to meet the lady. Uh, the volunteering thing. I did have a chance to speak with her, and uh, she's passed me off to her husband in charge of a facility here in town that uh, I'm going to call today to make an appointment to go and speak with him. She felt like there was some opportunity for me to do some job readiness classes for with them or some sort of training with them. But
1: sounds
0: like fun. I'd be interested.
1: Well, that is neat. You know, and plus you've got a lot to offer, which is I uh, certainly hope that they appreciate if they don't, they're missing out. So uh, I will be more than happy, as I said, to serve as a reference. And, uh, you know, the better the reference, the, the, the more money that'll cost. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, how that goes. <laughs> yeah. They had an interesting article in USA today about, uh, about retirement and money, and the whole thing about um, you know the, the kind of the three big buckets of portfolio management, but um, but they're talking about that uh, they're you know now starting instead of looking at, at assets as the primary measure of the health of your portfolio, was, was to look at the um, the, the overall uh, you know the overall strategy, which is the the kind of the total return, which is focusing on obviously growth of whatever assets you hold, but also of yield in terms of things that are going to provide money uh, to you for, uh, for living on, if you need that. And, uh, and that's, um, then that uh, what that does is, is, you know, it's kind of looks like your portfolio may be, and this has been a big adjustment for me with our new people is it? Looks like it's either holding even or whatever, and then you realize that the things they have in are providing cash that are coming in, and and, uh, and that's uh, you know that certainly is a is a good thing. So it keeps from dipping into principal. So anyway, it's a, a kind of never evolving. Of course, you know people that do this for a living, this is already old hat to them. But I, I pass this stuff on to our financial planner not because he doesn't know it, because he you know Wharton School of Business, so. That's, you know, pretty solid credentials as well as 26 years in the business. But he's, um, he's, uh, you know, I said, you know, you may have customers that aren't sure what you're talking about. And uh, this might be a way to at least uh, get them on the same page so you can have a conversation with them. This is why this is looking this way because this is our approach. That while this is holding steady, it's providing, you know, next thousands of dollars a year in terms of uh, dividends. So it's kind of an, a, an interesting thing, and again, get back to that old thing about uh, about what you uh, you know that the, the transition from from saving to spending as being such a such a tough one.
0: Well, we've begun. Well, I'm retired okay. uh, from Hill Country, Bill Sharp, and uh, you're listening to Craig Ryder, my co-host, friend, and mentor in South uh, South Carolina on Hilton Head Island. It's we're having some fun talking about uh finances and and retirement um last week of course craig you had your friend uh, james wanless who joined us
1: yes that was uh you know as, as always an interesting show and then uh in the typical james you know he, he he's he's here and then uh you know the minute uh something's on he's on to something new so he's off I'm sure doing more of the more more of the things that he's he's been doing. He's a very interesting guy. I mean, just never um you know, never uh, let the grass grow under his feet and always looking for new adventures and, and willing to try uh you know, almost anything that uh, that happens to strike his fancy at the time and uh, and again, just a great uh, great attitude to have because he's he's done some 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 neat things and just brings a real zest for uh for what it is that he's uh, that he's involved with, uh, and you you were motorist. writing down some words that you, you know, that the you know, the rewords uh that he was throwing out. Uh, have you done
0: any more thinking about those words? You said you had more thinking to do. I, I was I was looking at at uh, and and one that I I wrote down that I've been trying to put together was his reverbing. Um, I do recall he was talking about thinking in terms of verbs instead of nouns, but I don't recall the context. Can you help me with that at all? I'm, I'm...
1: I think it's 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 an action orientation rather than, than a noun might be a label uh, that, that you have or the state of being or whatever words is. Um, I think the verb is more action oriented, at least if that's what I get from the gist of what his, his general message is. Um, and... Um, you know, I I like resaging. I was just saying, but you know, the assumption for me is the resaging is that you were once sage. So you know, that's. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's no, made, I, made I thoroughly enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, he was he's 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 good, and it'll be fun to have him back, uh, and just to to see what he's been up to and new and and uh, since and he you know he does a lot of thinking about things, and obviously he's like a very very bright guy and a and a bit of a. Uh, you know, of a, of a, of a showman to him, which is, which is, he was always that way. I remember I was telling you that uh, that, uh, when we were, he was a heck of a good athlete as was his, his older brother and, and, uh, the, um, and he played shortstop. So that was, you know, always the, the key position. Uh, and, uh, and he, uh, he, there was fairly routine infield fly, uh, that he was running for, and and I noticed as he ran for it, he actually physically knocked his hat off to make it look like he had to run real so fast that his hat flew off his head. <laughs> 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 I I talked about that later. I said, "Gee, I don't remember that." So well, I wouldn't either. I mean, <laughs> but it was it was just funny. It's one of those things you just look up and you realize exactly what he was doing. I was in fifth grade or something like that, but you know exactly what he was doing. He you knew exactly what he was doing. But I mean, he does he really does? You know bring people into the fold with uh with his uh his presence and he's, he's a very tall uh guy and uh, and again very uh fit and uh so anyway just uh just fun to connect with people and you that you knew when and find out there's a whole lot that uh, while some things change a whole lot that the core that stays the same
0: yeah and i and certainly he he would be a great person to have in your past to, uh, just for those stories and to remember all the things that he did and to find out what he's doing now is really exciting because he's so busy. He was, oh, was he at a book show, doing a book show in Chicago or what? I, yes, I wrote it was down that, something about uh, a book show.
1: Yeah, he was actually doing his book, that one on intuition uh, that I mentioned um, the other day uh, that he, that he wrote and um, he was, um, and I I, I can look up the, the name if you, if you need the name, but it was, um, yeah, he was actually doing the show. And again, I, I had set up in advance to get together when I, uh, coincidentally was, was actually buying one of the only four boats I ever owned in my life and the largest of which was, was less than, um, uh, less than 15 feet. But, uh, but anyway, it's always much nicer to have the other person's boat to play with the, uh, but uh, he and I had talked beforehand because, uh, as I mentioned, I think uh, a mutual friend of ours had, had seen his name in a paper and, and had sent an email to me said, could this be the same guy? And, you know, I called up and said, sure enough, it was. So he said, I'm going to be in Chicago. And I said, well, i got to go up to Chicago, too. And so anyway, that's how, how we got together and reconnected. And then, you know, several times when we were out in Carmel, which is, you've been there, haven't you, Carmel, California?
0: Yes yes i have
1: yes, it's a beautiful area gorgeous gorgeous place. It's, uh, somebody said about nelson uh, about the rockefeller estate upstate new york is a place where god would want to live if only he could afford it so, <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> it was a high high priced uh, neighborhood especially at the time when we were out there i mean just the prices were we're going through the roof, but, um, yeah, so he's, and he's as they say, moved up in LA. He doesn't let any grass grow. He doesn't, he's not rooted to anything except for where he is at the time. Um, and it's, uh, it's, you know, very interesting because that's not my MO for the most part. And that's not the way I, I generally tend to to deal with things since the place is kind of, is more important uh, for me than it is for him. And I, you know, admire those people that, uh, that, you know, wherever they are, that's where they are. And that's, and that's, yeah, then that's, uh, you know, those are people that are nomads and all sorts of other things. So yeah, it's, it's, it is fun to to see what he's done, but he's always been, you know, and I only knew him through really knew him through fifth grade. Um, and, uh, but you still get a good, you know, from kindergarten on, you get a pretty good glimpse of who they are, what they're like. And that, that one incident that I mentioned, I didn't need to (laughs) embarrass that, uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, that was, you know, just uh, <laughs> although a good, good dose of humility every now and then is good. But uh, anyway, he, uh, it was, you know, as I say, that was a lot of a land on the playground those days. So you just, you know, you did it and no big deal and never happened again. Uh, if I saw him coming, I just got off the swing. <laughs> when, you,
0: when you talk about his, uh, his, his style of, of living and everything, um, what about family? We didn't talk about that at all. Does he have family? Is he married? He, Does he have children? He doesn't um, talk too much about
1: personal stuff, and I, I don't push him for it, but he didn't mention about uh, in his book, and he mentioned, um, you know, I think briefly on the show that, you know, that this, uh, and, and maybe just be in the book, I'm not sure, that that he was, you know, his father who he dedicated this book to, uh, who I believe was a um he was an airline pilot, I'm pretty sure, but I believe he also was a uh, was a World War II um, pilot. And I don't know whether fighter or transport or bombers or whatever. It's a form of transport, I guess. But um, he um, uh, he just uh, uh, he he said that it taught him to be a better you know person, a better father. So, which to me indicates that at one point he did he did have a, a or does have a son, and I don't know. Um and I I think that would be an interesting interesting ride, uh, to, to be his uh his, his child because it certainly wouldn't be a very settled uh you know, if you like settled uh type of um lifestyle, but uh you know, and and, and uh, big shoes to fill and that that happens a lot with people. A lot of the people in my neighborhood growing up had uh, fathers who were test pilots and other such exciting things. I mean world renowned. Test pilots, and uh, they, uh, you know, it was just, uh, you know, just, as I say, big shoes to fill, but they didn't seem to, to uh, you know, dissuade any of the kids or, or make them feel uh, like they were going to be second best. They just established their own world and went on with it. It was kind of the expectation they had. So it was kind of, a, it's, it,
0: it is interesting. Well, the, the, the military background makes some sense because of, of the, they, they tend to move, with some regularity and that would lead him to kind of understand that lifestyle and see that it's perfectly normal to live someplace for four years or so, and then move on to the next.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't, I'm not sure where he was, where he was born again. You know, um, I don't know that much about him from a personal side of things, but uh, from the family side of things, they lived in a different neighborhood. And even though I had friends up in that neighborhood and doesn't, you know, go, go, play over at friends' houses and stuff like that, that, um, I, uh, I, he was, um, he wasn't right there in the immediate neighborhood and as a kid you tend to play with, you know, whoever house you've gone to and, and go from there. But, uh, yeah, they, um, we had a whole bunch of those cause they got out of the world war two and this was back in 1948, uh, that we're, we're looking at. So these people were, you know, the airlines were just starting to make their, their big surge. And, um, and it was, uh, it, you know, it was, it was the usual thing that people would make that transition from uh, from, air, from the uh, Air Force or the Army, whatever. I think mostly at that point to uh, uh, you know, the, the commercial airline because we have LaGuardia and JFK right, right close by. So that was not a, not an unusual thing. And again, we had people that were, as I mentioned, test pilots and stuff like that. So that was a whole different. Different game altogether. We had Grumman and uh, Republic a- Aviation right there. You the come from the aviation industry; really you understand that. Oh yeah, sure. Wow,
0: those are names from—that's a blast from the past for sure. Yep, yep. You know, I was in the airplane yep. business for a while, and and uh,
1: Our, and
0: I I have I have business cards from from folks that worked at all the airlines and I looked through them once in a while just to just to look at some of the names of the old airlines that aren't around anymore.
1: Oh I know, I know. Incredible. Yeah the changes that have taken place in, in, in that industry, you know, the the Staples, Pan Am, T W A, uh, you know, all those guys Eastern.
0: Uh yeah, Eastern was uh, Eastern was a big customer of ours. I, I had uh, I had four guys from Eastern Airlines in town the day of the big blizzard that hit in central Ohio, it was uh, uh, we went to bed at 10 o'clock and it was raining and we woke up to, I don't know, 12 or 15 inches of snow. And it was raining and blowing and snowing and doing everything. And they were trapped in their hotel, which wasn't a problem because the bar was open. So they well, were, that's all <laughs> it really counts for those
1: guys. <laughs> that's right.
0: They were OK, but they, it started a new routine for them. When they we had a commuter that flew into town and they would come from Cleveland they'd get on the commuter and fly down to uh, to our facility and uh, we were right on the runways of, of the airport there and they would they would get off the commuter and come in the terminal and go right to the weather station to make sure it wasn't going to snow again while they were there and then they'd come out and, and say hello to us and let us take them to work so uh, they but they right. didn't want to go back they he said, No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna look at this first. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna get stuck again.
1: Not gonna get stuck here again, that's for sure. Uh yeah, I this um meter airline that I remember it was Comair, air used to fly out of Cleveland and and uh Oh yeah. And at that point I wasn't that far away from my uh my flight training, so I was uh you know, I would and at those days you would you'd sit there and you would you know they would have the curtain open. There was no security issue. They would just have the curtain open. And people would, uh, would uh, you know, you could watch them while they're flying. And I'm looking. and I say, wow. So they didn't turn the, uh, the carb heat on when we're landing because normally the carburetor heat would be one of the things that you would turn on, and they, they didn't do that. And then it turns out at the end, the, the the one pilot said, the co-pilot said, hey, we've got to turn on the carb heat. You know, because that's cause apparently when you when you cut back on the power. You know, the most sobering thing for me, though, was, was in Cleveland, um, they were uh, they were boarding people and, and they were overbooked. And so they uh, they, this, they called this one gentleman's name and they said, sir, we've got some good news and bad news. Good news is you are cleared to board the plane. He said, what's the bad news? He said, the bad news is because of weight restriction, your briefcase cannot come with you. <laughs> I'm going... Okay, if you're cutting it within ten pounds, <laughs> you go ahead and hop much. forward, sir. I'm not getting, I'm not getting on that plane. So, anyway, no, that, was, that was interesting. Well, tell me about your aviation. How long were you in that in that business?
0: I was in the business. I, I the first time, I guess I was in for about four or five years. And then I got out of it for a year or two, and then I was recruited by a company down in Florida, and I moved down to Florida, and I was in the business again for another two years or so, with a company that was based in. Uh, oh, where were they based? One of the one of the East Coast s- states, uh, Connecticut. They were based in Connecticut, and uh, first time I'd ever been in Connecticut when I went to a meeting up there, and got on the got on the. Uh, Rental car and started to drive and got lost in the mountains of Connecticut. Which oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, there aren't a lot of mountains, but there are big hills. Eastern Connecticut and Northwestern
1: uh, Connecticut. It's they follow the old Indian trails and it's not a uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a difficult time to find your way around. I know that for sure. It it took me forever
0: to find that place, and then you know it was a little tiny town, um, and I was in the town next to it because there was a hotel there and that's where I stayed and uh I had a, I had a lot of fun I mean I really enjoyed it uh, and it, one of the things I met you always hear about east coast lawyers and I was sitting in the lounge what a surprise the bar yeah, um right and there was Sipping
1: a, there uh, was a, a cup of coffee I'm sure yeah
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and there were two gentlemen behind me and I was eavesdropping on their conversation and they were both attorneys, both East Coast lawyers. And one was saying, I can't believe it. I'm I'm handling this case right now. I haven't done this since law school. And I don't know anything about it, but I'm doing it. And I thought, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Lawyers take things that they don't know what they're doing? That was a revelation to me. I didn't realize that hey,
1: sometimes... I mean, I mean,
0: um, <laughs> Yeah, don't don't experiment on me. Don't learn on me. That's kind of like going to a doctor and having him say, "Well, I've never done the surgery before, but I've kind of always wanted to." So, lay down. Yeah, it looks interesting. <laughs> it looks interesting. Let me give it a try. Yeah, that's why they call it practicing law, yeah.
1: it's practicing medicine. Yeah, same absolutely. thing. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know how to make a group of uh, lawyers smile in front of a camera is just say fees. So <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
0: well, that's what I. I was in the business uh, the, the first time. It was a, a relatively small company at that time, although we, we grew during my time there. We grew from about 4 million gross sales or 7 million, I can't recall which, to 24 million. Uh, we had dramatic growth during the, the time that I was with them. And I was happy for that. I was in the sales department. I was, there were only two of us in the company, the vice president and me. I was sales manager and I had no one to manage, which, which was true of my, much of my career. Um, so we, we traveled all over and, and we were the in-house galleys on, uh, on Boeing aircraft on the narrow body. Well, we called them narrow body. They preferred to call them standard body, the seven, three, seven, seven, two, sevens, not the big yep. stretch jets and not the, not seven, four, sevens or any of those. We got into that later, but, uh. Uh, we were the house what was the name of the company? on the uh, uh, Mansfield Aircraft Products Company, MAPCO. Huh. And it it, it became, a, we were the largest manufacturer of in-flight food service ovens in the world. And we had a liquid container, a thing that just held either hot coffee or cold water or whatever they wanted to put in it, uh, that became a generic, kind of like... Uh, when you when you look at her you know you used to call refrigerators frigidaires because they right. the name became synonymous with the with the product um, if you went to almost any airline and said do you have any mapcos they would point to the liquid containers and say yeah we've got you know 250 of them or however many they might have for their aircraft um, so it was a, it was a well known brand and then when i moved to uh, florida MAPCO suffered a, an airplane accident, and they lost all of their senior management uh, in that airplane accident. Um, and it was sold. The company was subsequently sold, and the company that I was working for bought it. So I was back with MAPCO for a, a brief time. They uh, they did not bother to, to uh, build the galleys or, or do any of the same work that we were doing they they kind of let it die they bought the company and then didn't do anything with it so a friend and I started our own company back in Mansfield Ohio uh, this one was called Midwest Aircraft Products Company again Mapco so we could use the use the uh, the brand that had been established for so long with the airlines and that company's still in existence today uh, it's oh, been wow. sold a number of times but but still in the Mansfield area, and uh, uh, they're they're still making carts and some of the other uh, materials. But you know that whole business has changed. It's not when we were in the business. The airlines were very proud of their food, and now of course you just saw Southwest Airlines get away with their peanuts because of peanut allergy. So there is no, right. there are no peanuts being served anymore. It's it's just not the same as it was.
1: Yeah, that is an oxymoron. You realize airline food, so it's uh... <laughs> oh
0: yeah, <laughs> I liked it. I really did. I thought it was I did, good. Too. I always
1: enjoyed it. You used to have good, well, remember the days? I mean, you got dressed up to go in an airplane ride, and you uh, you had the white linens that would be on the uh, backs of the, the seats, and you know the smoking oh, yeah. section and the non-smoking section. That was always interesting. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the uh, uh, but uh, but the the food was basically was was pretty darn good, as I recall. And I didn't fly all that much well, when I was a certainly didn't fly upscale. But
0: That that smoking extended to uh, giving away those small packs of cigarettes with every meal. You got a pack of cigarettes on your tray along with it.
1: Now they just they give out liquor, Did and I've never... got, still got about 50 bottles of, of liquor from you. I flew so much for a while <laughs> with business that, that they – you know, they, they upgraded me all the time to first class and then, you know, you'd end up with six bottles of flight because they keep coming and saying, do you want more? And I always say, oh, yeah, I'll pour it myself, you know, and I'd pack them away. And, and, uh, and then, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, so I've still got a bunch of those leftovers, so that's a different, uh, Different thing than the, than the cigarettes. I, I, I may have told you about this, this, um, there was a congressional thing going on about smoking in restaurants and things like that. And, and they, um, they had, I think it was maybe an 11 or 10 or 11 or 12 year old girl who was, has to, who was talking before Congress about that this was not good, that this was not a good thing to do and, uh, to have smoking in restaurants. And the guy, you know, very condescendingly, the the, the uh, elected official said, "Well, you realize, you know, we have smoking and non-smoking sections, which makes it perfectly safe." And she said, "Having a no-smoking section in a restaurant is like having a no-peeing section in a pool." <laughs> <laughs> and
0: you're apparently, you're I mean, sharing the water.
1: No further questions. <laughs> The guy was just uh, professionally embarrassed in front of his friends. So I, I think that was, that was great. I love that, that comment. I'm sure she was I don't,
0: I don't prompted
1: on it, but it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful for come back to that. I, I don't think That's I am. Was
0: there, was, yeah. was there a time in your past when, when you smoked Craig? Oh yes. Yes, I did. From
1: about 17 till about 25 or six somewhere in that neighborhood. And then, uh, Decided that that was not a good thing to continue doing, so I, I didn't. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. I, you know, I, I found that, um, you know, even now you see somebody you very seldom see anybody light up, and I'll, you know, I'll take a deep inhale along with them as they're as they're firing up, and and that was one of the ways I was able to. Uh, to quit was and in, instead of reaching for a cigarette when you felt like having one was to take two or three really deep breaths and hold them just like as if you were smoking a cigarette and lo and behold uh you know that that made the the, the desire for one uh go away so it was an interesting uh,
0: uh, interesting yeah. thing worked for me uh, well, how about you you yeah, did no, smoke I smoked, right uh, four. yeah we we smoked for a while and uh, we enjoyed it and we we didn't smoke a lot but we smoked and then we we quit one day we were in a, a gambling casino in Laughlin Nevada and we were in the area where everybody was smoking and we just finished our cigarettes and said that's our last cigarette and we were able to to maintain we haven't had one to this day uh, I mean and I can't wow. I don't know how many years ago that was twelve fourteen. Fifteen years ago, I mean, it's it's been a long time, um, and and we thought that was helpful to to quit in an environment where we were surrounded by it. It just empowered us somehow, made us feel yeah better, like like That's we were we really in is, control of that. Yeah.
1: Well, that is that is a tough thing well, to do, I, and and we um, we had, uh, you know, I mean, one ago quit, but this is back in the days when you could still smoke and in uh you know comedy clubs and restaurants and stuff like that, and Pat and I were out at a uh, at one and of course, everybody's' this, you don't know all the people at the table these big long tables and these groups big groups would come and one of the people would light up, and then you know they'd get finished and then somebody else would light up and then the, by the time the second person had finished theirs, the first person was relighting up and and uh it was um. It was all uh, very interesting, but anyway, we got home and uh, fortunately we had an attached garage. And we got out of the car and we said, "You know, we can't smell it now, but our clothes are really going to smell." We just got rid of them and and left them on the on the uh, on the cabinets of the uh, of the garage. Went inside, showered, shampooed, and went to bed. And the next morning we came out and like well, you could really smell it all over, and just, you didn't know it when you were doing it, but you certainly could. And that's um, that's I think a lot of people are and and, um, and getting back to kind of the theme of what we're talking about they talk about you know getting, people getting exercise and uh, about how many people they um, you know don't get forced to go out or have a reason to go out they'll they'll sit and somebody described sitting as the uh, as the new smoking, uh, which I thought was an interesting
0: way to look at it.
1: And you still run?
0: And it's- uh, no, I haven't, I haven't run in uh, probably a uh, year, something like that. And I just stopped, but Lucia and I walk. Uh, we, we were doing very well for a long time there. We were walking six miles a day, and we were doing it you know, three to five times a week. Uh, and then Lucia heard her back a couple weeks ago, and, and that's healing. So we're looking forward to getting back to the trail and walking some. But, but not sure. like we were but not running no i haven't been running now, and it's interesting yeah, because i'm looking for new shoes and i don't know whether by the running shoes i'm wearing to walk or if there are special shoes that are better for walking than what i've been wearing um, i don't know it's it's a it's a whole different exercise routine for me
1: yeah you know, one of the things that you where you get kind of the best of of the, the uh... Workout that you might be looking for 'cause it's it's a very it can be very intense but not um not crippling a workout is assist to uh you know do pool exercises and walk in the you know the shallow end cross the shallow end of the pool instead of you know from the shallow end to the deep end or vice versa uh that uh yeah. <laughs> that gives you good leg workout and you can also get a good aerobic workout but isn't pounding on the joints so how is uh, what is lucia doing to to get her uh
0: we're back, uh, back and in, 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 uh, fine fell. Much just resting, and, and it's back. It, it, it's back. It was a muscular thing, I think. It was full or something. The, oh, okay. It, well, that's well, yeah,
1: we're
0: that's... just about. We're just about the end of our time. What, what do you think about changing our time? You want to do that or?
1: It's it's fine with me. You can you can pick the time. That's why I asked about it, what the uh, what the demographic was and what the audience was for your last show. Whether this would still still be the with that this topic would be the appropriate time uh, for them as the same as it was for you. What do you have a second pick, or is that the, you want to give that a try and see what uh, see what happens?
0: Maybe yeah, after the show. Yeah, that show was, uh, uh, you know, I, I had people that listened and called in from all over the country, really, um, which surprised me because it was relatively early on the West Coast, doing it at, at uh, 7 o'clock on Eastern Time. Uh, but I had I had some international calls as well, so I think it's an a more active time on network for the for talk shoot.
1: Yeah, well, we could give it a try. Which uh, which time zone do you want to use?
0: <coughs> Yours, I, I would say the eastern okay. time zone. That would work I'd for say, me. You know, seven o'clock on a Wednesday evening or Thurs or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It was middle Tuesday of the week. Is I when yeah, I yeah Wednesday
1: it. won't work work for me because if I do sail, that would be the day that I would be sailing. So that would be uh, be better to do it on a Tuesday or Thursday, one of the two.
0: What about Tuesday? Why don't we just stick with Tuesday and see if that works? That
1: sounds sounds good. That works. Um we'll uh, just uh you know see what uh see what comes of that and see if we get people actually calling in and, and things like that. So
0: um you know, I'm hoping that we hoping schedule that we do. For, uh, schedule it for seven ten for next Tuesday. Uh, okay, And we'll see what happens. And I, I don't know if I'll have, I, I I will try to get a guest if I can, um, again, trying to either the gentleman that I'm going to be speaking with or one of the folks at Rotary uh, on Thursday, see if they're available to speak with us. And, and hopefully we can get someone on here. Be good? Sure. That would be great.
1: That would be great. I look forward oh, to it. A so anyway, our new time—that'll
0: be good. Yeah, we'll give it a try. You, you can. You, you can know. call. I'll tell them to call in at at uh, seven or seven o five. Uh, we can get together at six fifty five. Anywhere after six fifty five, the studio will be active. So it it goes active about fifteen minutes ahead of time, and then uh, okay. and then we'll just talk and see what happens. All right.
1: That'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. Have a good week, and I will see you next week on the airwaves.
0: With Lucky Landslots, you
1: can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com.